Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, it's Brad. Hey, it's James. We decided to start a podcast about subjects that spark conversations between us. We're not professionals and we don't claim to be, but we will look to get some guests on each week who can shed some light on these areas. Ultimately, we wanted to have an open conversation and hear the thoughts of everyone else about these subjects. And hopefully you guys can learn as we do. This is How Little We Know. (laughs) Welcome back to How Little We Know. This is episode three with James. And Brad, hello. What's happening? Uh, So, slight change of scenery today. We are in my front room. Entail are having their Christmas party (laughs) But that did not stop us. We no, will not no. be stifled on our mission to learn something more. So we are in my house. Now, before we go on, I think we're just going to have to say a massive thank you because we found out the other day that our first two episodes have been downloaded 100,000 times, which is insane, isn't it? Mental. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so, so much. We hope you've been enjoying them. It's ridiculous. We've said this before. We didn't expect that. So it's a very nice surprise. Cheers, guys. We've got uh, another episode that hopefully you guys are going to love today. We've got a special guest on. Mm. A lovely man. His name is Chris Lewis, and he's the author of best-selling book, Too Fast to Think. And it's about how to reclaim your creativity in a hyper-connected work culture. And a lot of the subjects he speaks about in this book are very relevant to the topics we've covered in the past few podcasts. And and it's also very interesting to get his take on social media. Um, so, yes, we're looking forward to having him on. However, he is squeezing us in whilst he's in the lounge at London Heathrow whilst he's on his way to California. So very appreciative. And we look forward to speaking to him. Now, whilst we whilst we try and get, get him on the line, I reckon I'm just going to read out a couple of tweets because we keep on saying we'll read out your tweets. And uh, I realised that last week when we had Jack Maynard on, we didn't. <laughs> uh, sorry. But yeah, sorry. Uh, but but since then, I've uh, I've been looking through them. So yeah, make sure you send us a tweet to at how little we know. Now, I've got three tweets here. First one is from Courtney H. And she said, great episode. For me, watching YouTube started with checking out new music videos and now it's become a daily routine to watch videos of my favorite celebrities, Labradors and Golden Retrievers, <laughs> Good which choice. is great. But she also says, I even tried learning guitar. The content is never ending, but I love it. So that's a good good little uh, 
Good little input there. We've also got vintage underscore Brad who said, loving the podcast so far. It's really made me view social media in a different way, which is great because mm-hmm. that's the whole kind of point of the podcast to get a conversation going and to make people think about it. And the last one, there were, there were thousands, by the way, so I'm just picking a couple here. Uh, this is from Rachel and she says she's rated it, which is great. Please continue to rate the podcast because we actually charted number three, which is amazing. That's because of you guys rating it. She also says, I'm really loving these. Can't wait for more. Um, so thank you very much for all, all the positive tweets. We're yet to have a troll. Oh, well, we're, you're inviting them yeah. in there, James. <laughs> troll, trolls are welcome too, as long as, long as you let us know why. Uh, we can maybe get a troll on at some point. Yeah, that'd be good. Anyway, I reckon it's time for us to get Cross on the line. Let's do it. We've managed to catch him just before he gets on his flight to California. Um very appreciative of him coming on the podcast. It's Chris Lewis. How are you doing, Chris? Hi, Brad. Hi, James. How are you? We're good, thanks, mate. It's uh, This is quite a technological advancement for us to, <laughs> to speak to you when you're in an airport lounge and we're in my flat. So I feel like technology has served us well today. I know, I know. <laughs> yeah, we can make it happen. We're making it happen. It's going on. Um, like I said, we're very appreciative of you coming on and obviously... Um, I started reading Too Fast to Think a little while ago and I put James onto it and um, it's been a very interesting read and a very insightful read and um, it's very interesting to hear your take on how social media is affecting the ability for people to carve out space in their own life and um, I think we just wanted to kind of chat to you and get your opinion on it and hopefully spread the message that is within the book um, to our demographic and the people that are listening in that is predominantly a younger generation. Yeah, well, uh, thank uh, thank you for that. That's very generous of you to say those nice things about too fast to think. Uh, it's I was surprised how uh, it seemed to be so popular, and it went straight into the bestsellers list, and and it continues to to be uh, uh, to, to attract a lot of interest um, it, it, because it has quite profound effects. It seems like quite a, a simple technology, social media, but it does have some quite uh, serious knock on effects. Mm, yeah, um, I, for, for those listening, uh, some of our fans haven't uh, probably haven't heard of you, Chris. So it's kind of in a, in a nutshell. What what do you hope to achieve from the book? Like, what's it about? Just just for the audience. I know Brad touched on it briefly there, but from your perspective, what what do you hope to achieve with the book? Well, I, I've built a company uh, around the world. I'm a former creative. Uh, I'm a journalist by by training, and uh, and I've been uh, involved in digital and social media for the last ten years, and I've been. Mm lucky enough to be in the right place at the right time and uh, and uh, create a, a company which has employed a lot of uh, people. And I've seen them get, a lot of people get very interested in uh, social media, but uh, sometimes it happens at the expense of their creativity and their, and their well-being. And mm-hmm. um, there are lots of really good things that can come out of social media. And some of the new tools that are coming out are amazing, but we also have to be careful about uh, any of the negative effects that they can have. Mm, definitely course, yeah. that um that kind of I, d- I don't know if you were following the news last week but the former facebook executive uh well a former facebook executive has come out saying that he's banned his own children from using facebook because he says that social media is is ripping society apart um would, would you agree with that would do you think that social media is at a point now that is actually detrimental to society as a whole 
Well, I, I think it's a bit like fire. Uh, fire is a good servant, but it's an evil master. Uh, uh, fire is great if it heats your house and uh, and cooks your food, uh, but uh, not very good if it burns your house down. And uh, mm-hmm. and so it should be there as a servant and not a master to your life. Uh, a, a lot of uh, people, uh, their, their, their social media is their life. And um, mm-hmm. we have to remember that our life is about our values and who we are. It's not just about what we do. And so when we come to look at what makes people successful in the in the long term and happy, uh, it's not just about having a to-do list. It's about having a to-be list. Our lives are about our values, not just what we do. Well, we, yeah, it's funny you say that. A lot of the um, issues we touch upon and uh, some of the things that we spoke about in earlier episodes was how social media could potentially affect the morality of younger generations and act as almost the third parent we've seen it and because of um, it's coming at such an impressionable age for so many children and they're growing up with it would you say that it is skewing people's moralities and how they go about the rest of their life? Well I think it uh, it might be skewing some of their perceptions because <laughs> It's very easy to get depressed with seeing some of the news on social media. Often news has quite a bad focus, and there's a lot of really good stuff happening out there that you don't always uh, see. Um, And social media stress affects women a lot more than men. Women are much more empathetic, and they're much more aware of stress in the lives of their friends. Uh, Danica Lowe wrote a really interesting piece in Glamour magazine a little while ago uh, that that four out of every five beauty tweets from women about themselves was negative and women are twice as likely to say something negative about themselves on social media. So it's it's very important to to recognize that it's not it's not indicative of life in general. Social media is a an unusual place where sometimes people say things and do things which they wouldn't normally do if you could identify them. Yeah, I think I mean I, I think I agree with that. Would you would you say that uh that social media kind of is a place that people as Brad was saying like perhaps don't necessarily draw on their morals as such but um I I find a lot you you know that you get the term like keyboard warriors and things but do you think that there's a genuine uh, notion that people don't view social media as being perhaps as serious as real life? Do you think that people uh, presume that once they tweet something, they can almost like disconnect from it. They think, oh, it's not actually real. Uh, do, do you think that that is a, a genuine thing that people don't really have that association between online communication and real life? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's that's a very astute observation because uh, the, uh, the uh, social media surrounds us with mm-hmm. communication, but not necessarily conversation. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. this and this is quite an important mm-hmm. thing because without conversation. We can't resolve emotional problems, and and we can't do things that we do in life, like negotiate, uh, if we don't have a conversation. Yeah. So sometimes we think that we're uh, we're really engaging with people, but we're just communicating with them. We're not conversing uh, with them, and and that's that's different. That that's different because um, the p- people's behaviour is, is generally uh, amongst generations is as moral as the next generation. Yeah. Uh, sometimes there are perceptions that people are less moral, and in in my experience, uh, people have, have got the pretty much the same moral standards as they've they've always had. Except sometimes they can appear it can appear to be a harsher world. So, for instance, a lot of people hear a lot of bad things that are going on in the world. But news is often about bad things. Mm, uh, yeah. Really good things uh, going on doesn't make news. Yeah, yeah. Why, why do you think that is? 
Uh, well, it's a, it's a, it's quite a complex question, but um, you know, news is always the psychology of the unexpected. You know, uh, uh, dog bites man is not a not a story, but man bites dog is a story. Um, and so, mm. uh, um, so when you see so much news, I mean, these days when you add up social media and email and all of the news feeds that there are out there, people are getting interrupted on average around about yeah. every six minutes. Mm. And so you don't tend to interrupt people <clears throat> with news that uh, that poverty is uh, is in retreat and that uh, there are less people dying through violence than ever before and there are greater equality um, on the planet. Uh, there's a lot of really good things happening, but you don't interrupt people to tell them that. Mm. Um, so uh, I, I don't know how old, how old you are, Chris, but I presume that you're the generation probably older older than us. Um, very, very, very old. <laughs> oh, <sure>. so, <laughs> with, with, with that in mind, uh, how has it been for you to kind of see that transition? So we, even Brad and I, we're, I'm 24, Brad's 22. 22, yeah. um, And we, even us, we kind of feel like we're sort of, I don't know, out of the know with social media kind of etiquette in some ways. Uh, you know, there's things that happen that we just don't understand. And we feel that we were just on the cusp of that kind of massive social media boom. But but for you really kind of being there before Twitter and Instagram, how, how has it been for you to see that transition? So you were just saying there the amount of emails that, that people are answering, what, whatever it was, every, every six minutes or something. How, how, is that, how has that been for you to adapt into a new world of social media that wasn't there before? Well, I think people were a lot less stressed before, um, uh, partly because they weren't interrupted. When, when you interrupt somebody, you immediately bounce them back into their left brain. And, mm. and the left-hand side of the brain does all of the compare, contrast, and analyze. It, it analyzes, divides, and, com- and, and puts a comparison against everything. And so when you do that, you're, you train yourself to spot difference and to separate people and to divide them. But uh, so much of our joy and enthusiasm and creativity comes from joining things up uh, and bringing people together with a, with a right brain process, which is <clears throat> imagination, trust, and love. And, and that's what unifies people in a common vision and cause. So you, you can sometimes see a lot more division now and a lot more people calling each other out for being different. And and when you're a teenager, for instance, it's it's painful to be different. Mm. It's it's hard to be different. And yet without diversity, you can't have any form of creativity. Diversity is so important to us because if we we're all the same, it, the world would be really dull. Do, do you not feel that, that social media, though, has enabled uh, people, you know, teenagers to kind of appreciate diversity and people are brought together from across the world regardless of of race and religion do you not think that our our younger kind of generations are a lot higher educated perhaps than they were 40 years ago due to social media being there i I think there's there's a lot more communication definitely um but one of the questions we should ask ourselves uh, because when social media arrived, it was a place where a thousand flowers could bloom. Mm-hmm. Uh, the idea was that you could share uh, any form of idea, and, and and the more diverse, the better. Mm-hmm. But but often uh, teenagers that that have an independent and unique and creative view of the world can find themselves in a flame war with a whole bunch of people who will cut down the tallest poppy. And uh, and so sometimes um, we have to we have to be aware of that process going on because the because if you really come up with something original and genuinely creative, you can find just yourself walking into a lot of resistance on social media because you're dealing with kind of a normalized behavior. Uh, 
I don't know how much I I kind of agree with what James is saying. I think that is it is very relevant in that it can stifle creativity because of the constant interruption. I do agree with that. But I I almost feel like if, as a creative going onto a platform where you're seeing so much diversity and so many other creatives being celebrated because I do think social media does that it does celebrate a lot of diverse creativity it can be quite an inspiring place at times I met Brad on social media yeah. for, for example so with the vamps wouldn't be a thing if it wasn't for social media um I, I, could someone argue that you're being too negative on your, your view <laughs> on social media <laughs> yeah I think you could do I think I was I was really uh, relating that in the context of uh, of women on social media because sometimes yeah. there there is there is one idea of what beautiful is mm. and um and so if there's a diverse view of beautiful sometimes mm. uh we can we can be measuring everybody against one single standard and there are so many different types of beauty out there in in women and uh, and when they compare themselves all against one single norm, sometimes that can create a great deal of stress with them. That's the point I was making. Right. I, I suppose yeah, it's very actually, relevant, yeah, yeah. There's a um, there's a statistic actually, because uh, I mean, I a lot a lot of uh, I mean, obviously we're, we're guys, so I, I don't really like to speak on behalf of females, but um, I know that a lot of our fans look on Instagram as being the most kind of um, I guess inspirational platform of social media and the a statistic here from a Guardian article in March um, that was saying Instagram has the most negative impact on young, young people's mental well-being um, and they did a survey and uh, 1,500 14 to 24 year olds found that the health groups accused uh, it of deepening young people's feelings of inadequacy and, and anxiety so I think there are there are kind of statistics out there that are, that are kind of backing up what you're saying there Um with that in mind, yeah, uh, uh, sorry, c carry on, Chris. No, sorry. I, I, I think uh, Dove uh, uh, ran a campaign called "Speak Beautiful," which was yes. encouraging mm, yes. uh, women to to realise that the role that online words play in impacting confidence and self esteem. And you're right, men can't talk about these things on behalf of women. But uh, some of the surveys and evidence is out there suggesting that. Uh, sometimes these things can be a course, a, 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 a source of stress. Mm. Um, so, uh, I, I'm sorry, Chris. I don't know much about your your person, but do, do you have do you have a like? Do you have a daughter or, or children? Uh, yes, I, I actually have two daughters, and they're massive Vamps fans. And they went, oh. all, the to, they, they went all the way to LA to meet you, and you wow. and, and uh, their their their, their mother uh, Joe uh, went with them. And uh, they met you, um, and I tell you, not only were my daughters so impressed, but my wife was absolutely... So I know that a lot of uh, what what you kind of uh, promote is that, that switching off from social media. Um, do, how do you regulate the amount of time that your daughters spend on social media, slash do you regulate them? Is that something you think about? Yeah, uh, one of the things that I'm very keen on is that they, they don't take iPhones into their bedroom mm -hmm. when they're trying to sleep because sometimes the light from those older uh, phones can uh, 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 offset the REM sleep. So mm. it can keep them awake, and that has a sort of physical effect. But, uh, yeah, they, they, don't, uh, they don't have uh, social media in their, uh, in their bedrooms after dark. And um, but generally speaking, as a parent, you've got to understand that it's a different it's a different environment. And you mm -hmm. also need to make sure you're not too didactic about telling them what to do all the time, because that often has the opposite effect. Yeah. 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 Um, one of the biggest things, I think the reason I started reading your book was because 
So we are songwriters in the band, and as I do completely agree with a lot of the things you say in the book, which is about as a, if you're looking to create, if you're looking to kind of draw on any influence or inspiration, you need to do it from a place of having space. And I know one of the things you say in the book is create creativity is a product of time wasted, which I love. And <laughs> for a generation that has grown up with iPhones in their hands, who maybe don't know the benefit of having space, like James said earlier, we were on the cusp and we didn't grow up having Twitter and Instagram um, at the basically attached to your hand how important like for these people and these children who don't know maybe how important having space is what what would you say to them it's just to say that all all creativity is is within you and so often the things that that uh, that are most powerful to us are imagination i think it was the queen of hearts in the, and alice in wonderland said to alice I want you, when I was your age, I used to think of six impossible things before breakfast. <laughs> and it, it's, it's our imagination which, makes, which brings out our genius. And, uh, and, and if we create the space for that to come out, we should trust ourselves and, and, and rely upon the fact that it will come out. But if we surround ourselves with noise, it makes it much harder. Mm, there's, there's another thing um, from, from your book. Well, I, I went on uh, your book's got a, a Twitter page. Um, for those, I'm not sure, I'm sure we have mentioned, but the book's called Too Fast to Think. Um, and I, I liked this quote, and it was, uh, if you ask a class of four-year-olds who is an artist and who's creative, most people will put their hands up. But if you ask them at age, the age of 14, only one or two will raise their hands. Do you, is the genuinely um, scientific proof that that suggests that this is a real thing, that as people get older and the more time spent on social media, does that inhibit their willingness to participate? Is that a real thing or is that just something that you, you believe in? I, th I think uh, this is something that was in, in Too Fast to Think. The forward was written by uh, Sir Ken Robinson, who's a really interesting educationist. He's got lots of things on online on YouTube, particularly mm -hmm. um, his, uh, his video about changing paradigms of education. And he says that we're too prescriptive in the way that we educate people because we, we teach them to analyze everything. We teach them to compare and contrast and analyze and notice difference. When in reality, in the future, so much of our success and potential comes from how creative and how original and how much imagination we have. And so um, um, many of people uh, listening to this may feel that there are people in their class at school or at university who are more intelligent than they are or, or ranked higher than they are or somehow score more highly. But educating people by their year of birth is a bit like choosing a date of manufacture. You know, everybody mm. operates at a different, a different pace. And sometimes people get so much better as they get older, but, that, but it's, it's, not a, it's not a straight line. And so I'm a great believer that uh, if, you, if you really want to, to reach your potential, you have to be able to dream. And to do that, you have to find the time to switch off and, and use, let your imagination mm. guide you. That that's a, I think that's a fantastic place to finish up, Chris. It's been an absolute pleasure chatting to you. We'd love to have you on moving forward as well, if you'd like to come back and have a chat with us at another. Well, I I, 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 I wanted to say congratulations on on, on your awards. And Thank you. My my my, uh, my girls were were thrilled to meet you, and uh, 
you know, in terms, if you ever worried about the morals of young people, I think what the example you set in terms of your politeness and your hard work and your approach, <laughs> mm. it's just it's just exceptional. So congratulations. Oh, that's very thanks kind very much, thanks Chris. For that. Uh, th thanks for coming on, and um, we we hope that your flight to, to LA is great, <laughs> and uh, we'd definitely love to to do some more with you in the yes. future. But uh, but thanks again, Chris. Yeah, my pleasure. Thank you. Uh, to anyone listening, make sure you go out and have a look at Too Fast, I think. It's a brilliant book. I'd highly recommend it. Mm. Thanks, Thanks Chris. again, Chris. Cheers. Thanks, bye. That was Chris there. Absolutely awesome guest. Please do check out his book, Too Fast to Think. Uh, Brad, it's one of your favourites, isn't it's it? It's one of my favourites. Yeah, it's really good. And as you can hear from uh, what he was saying, he's a very insightful man. And I think it's um, he speaks about creating space. And I think it's something that everyone can definitely need a bit can have a bit of in their life mm. but um if you enjoyed it like james said um make sure to tweet us in let us know if you agree if you disagree with any of the things that chris said we'd love to hear your opinions and thoughts and um now chris is on his plane to la yeah. we're going to have a little we're just going to slag him off yeah. can you imagine <laughs> um, no no not at all um the the twitter handle is at how little we know um isn't Chris's Twitter something strange? It's, like um, his actual personal Twitter is at large burrito. Take it as you will. I mean, there's nothing wrong with burritos, but uh, he, yeah. his book does have a Twitter, and I think it's at too fast to think. I think whatever it is, we'll, we'll, we'll make sure it. that we'll tweet this. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think we've had a little bit of time to mull over what. Mull over, is that the word? Yeah, mull, mull over, over. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, mull over what, what Chris has said there. And one thing that I think still sticks out for us is his um, thoughts on diversity on social media and the effect social media has on one's ability to be themselves online. Yeah, and like the biggest thing that stuck out for me was how his perception of social media was that it's not a very accepting place. And I do think there's something in that. Like, obviously, mm. the first time we put covers out and anyone who dares to put a true perception of themselves out, you're putting, putting it up with the knowledge that you're going to get trolls, I believe they're called. Mm. Uh, but the haters and people who feel the need to give you their opinion, whether it's good or bad. And I think that's probably what he was getting at. Uh, in this, when he said talks about people being scared to put themselves out there, because and, and maybe that space not being accepting of diversity and people who are mm. different. But I don't know whether I massively agree with it because mm. I think as much as there is trolls, I think people are very aware of them, and I think that social media is a place that celebrates difference and diversity and music nowadays. And you see artists come through who are just so different, and they build their whole career off it. I, I completely agree. I think, I think he's got he's got something, uh, or he's onto something with uh, speaking about female mental health. I think that. That is a genuine concern. Instagram, yeah. the perfect, you know, we did on our, for those who, have, who haven't listened to our previous episodes, our first uh, episode of the podcast, we chatted a little bit about expectation versus reality. And that kind of focused on Instagram and like the idealistic inverted commas, perfect goals life. So I think that there is something very much apparent there. I, I'm not sure though, as, as, as Brad, as you were saying, whether, um, the internet i i think for me there's a place for everyone on the internet mm -hmm. um for for example a lot of people like i've got a very very close friend who has uh who, who's who's gay and he's come out on social media but not to his parents and the people that he knows around him his friends 
in re- I hate saying in real life because for some people social media yeah. is real life, but the people he physically sees around him, he is not openly uh, openly gay with them, but on social media he is. Um, and that and what that- do you think? Do you think that's good that he feels confident enough on social media to? That's obviously a very big moment for someone mm. in their life. Is it good that he feels more confident and more open and able to do that on social media, or is that a negative thing? Should he feel like he can do that in his real life before he puts it on social media? What do you I think? think I think that um, obviously it would be amazing if every if every person could um, could could be able to be able to to do that uh, yeah. in in real life. I think the reality is though. Um, Social media offers an outlet for people to see other people that are similar to them. So you, yeah. if you go on, if you go on the internet and Google something, say like I don't know, say say we wanted to say say you and I wanted to find someone that was into I mean, the Kooks or something, yeah. we could go on a Kooks website and all those people would like the Kooks and we'd yeah. be like we have a connection. I think in real life, we've touched on this in the past. It's quite difficult to to go up to people uh, in the street and say, I like this. Do you like that? Or, mm. and I think that the, the, um, you, this, the internet is a massive ocean of, of fish. And sometimes people like me that grew up in Dorset, you know, it's a small pond. And I think there are people on the internet where you can connect with, where you, you wouldn't have a chance if there wasn't social media. Yeah. And I think you've got the ability of knowing you'd put on your bio on Twitter or Facebook yeah. your interests and people instantly connect over that and mm. and there's similarities and that's probably the biggest thing, isn't it? You're instantly put into a world of people. Like, it's not the first question you'd ask someone when you meet them, but it's social media because of the lack of having to do the pleasantries. Mm. You can get straight into the crux of like, is the are you into this sort of thing? And then you can kind of build a relationship without having the pleasantries at the beginning and whether people that's more, people think that's more representative of a real, truer rep, like relationship with someone. It's something we've spoke about before. I don't know. It's obviously mm. different from person to person. Yeah, I, I find it interesting. Um, I was just thinking then as you were saying that, that for many people, the the internet offers confidence How, regardless of the fact that statistically... Um, social media has had a negative effect on people's mental health it's quite an interesting thing isn't it perhaps do you think that in the earlier stages of people getting into social media they see it as it do you think that someone's perception of social media changes the longer they use it so when you go into social media when you first put up your stuff on instagram you're like oh there's filters uh i mean you know and like you put the picture up great i'm confident because I'm, i'm putting that on there and that's great but then as you use it for longer i wonder whether there's a bit of a transition in in your mind where where it starts getting you know it, it plays into your insecurities and inadequacies as i was saying that that statistic from the guardian to chris before like you know there's proof that that happens mm. and i just wonder whether people get into social media as an outlet to um to kind of embrace themselves but then as time goes on as joe our manager was just saying there are trolls and stuff i wonder if the longer time spent on social media the worse it gets. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Short bursts might be okay, but if you immerse yourself in it for months and months and years and years, I wonder whether that's when it happens. Well, it's very. you said something to me the other day that was very interesting. I think it becomes a method of, like, uh, a moment... Oh, there's a car alarm going uh, off. Is it your distance. car? I hope not. Um, there's, 
there's people who we've spoke to who the three likes that they get on their Instagram post mm. or however many likes they get will be the perk of their day. They could be having yeah. a bad day and then they'll rely on getting a comment or a like on a photo for their moment of happiness through the day. And I think that's where it becomes a crutch rather than an outlet, mm. rather than oh, I'm going to do this for a small portion of my day as like I'm just going to show people what I'm doing it becomes like I need this because it it becomes an addiction it becomes like I need to have this gratification every day Mm, I'd love to I'd love to I should have researched this but whether Mm. social media is addictive like there must be a I'm gonna I'm gonna have a little google wait (laughs) um but I think I think getting people like Chris on is really interesting because like for us we were saying before we started recording that we speak to to people our age in our environment in our demographic in our generation about this all the time and that's what we've done from the you know we had like jack yeah like jack maynard on last time um and it's so interesting to see someone else from a different age bracket to yeah. see his perception because in i was thinking how he spoke was so eloquent and stuff and and, and great i was thinking that i i don't know whether for him it's an easier thing to just to just view social media as and is that because I, we didn't really ask him did we if he uses social media mm. but do you reckon that he's speaking almost like poetically about it because he's outside looking in I, as opposed I, to being in it i think it goes back to his book i think the reason that he can speak so eloquently about it is because he's given himself space to think about something and yeah. i think people who haven't allowed themselves the space going back to the quote in this book it's creativity is a product of time wasted so i think the reality is the only real thought you can put into anything is through time and through wasting time if you're constantly being interrupted it interrupts your train of thought so you can't genuinely think deeply about anything for a long period of time and i think that's why chris has been able to write a book about it i think that's why he can come on here having no prep and not seen the questions from us beforehand and speak so eloquently about it is because he spends time and he dedicates time to think about these things without being interrupted by social media media because he's from a generation that is detached from it. Mm, I completely agree. And I think that um, we should definitely pick up with Chris in, in future episodes. If you would like to see that, send us in a tweet. I think it's really interesting. And we were speaking before, it'd be nice to get someone that is someone that's slightly younger than us that's, that's solely on... That, yeah. Well, not solely on, but like someone that's immersed themselves in social media and loves it. It'd be well, great to for them to have a conversation with them. Yeah, moving forward with guests, for you guys listening, we'd like, obviously we had Chris on, um, we'd like to have one of you guys on who feels mm. like they can come on. From a lot of this podcast has been us speaking about a generation that we're just above and we'd love to get a representative from that generation who feels they can speak on behalf of a majority and say, well this is me speaking as a person who's grown up with social media and this is how I think it's benefited me as a person. This is how I think it's brought together my generation and just kind of play devil's advocate and oppose a lot of the things that we're saying because they're not coming from a place of like hatred for social media from us. They're coming from a place of genuine naivety of having not grown up with these things. So if there's anyone who does feel strongly and feels like they can come on and add a different opinion, we'd love you to tweet us and let us know and hopefully we can get someone on yeah i i did find well i whilst you were saying that that i think maybe we can end on on this i've I've googled whether social media is addictive and there's a lot of different conflicting opinions um and i think uh this one it's called lifewire.com and they say 
that there's no official medical recognition of social networking being as an addiction, like a disease or a disorder. However, uh, there's a cluster of behaviors associated with heavier excessive use of social media um, that's become the subject of, of discussion and research. So I think that I think that at the moment, it's just still quite new. I think yeah. that in 10 years, people might look up back on social media yeah. and say, actually, that that was an addictive, an addictive, no, I don't know, illness or disorder, but it's just really interesting, isn't it? But um, I think good, good, good place to end. Mm-hmm. I, I think that a lot of things were covered by Chris. And as Brad said, if that spurred any thought of, of your own, do send us in a tweet at how little we know. Next episode coming out is going to be something uh, slightly different. But I think that in the future, we will get, get Chris on again, won't we? Definitely, yeah. And we hope you enjoyed having him on. And hopefully, again, as ever, you've um, it's spurred conversation amongst you. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for the continued support. It's been insane. I don't know if you saw um, the tweet, you guys who follow us, but we actually had, I think, some 100,000 downloads mm, on the first yeah. two episodes, which first is just episodes. ridiculous. Thank you for listening to us ramble on. Um, thank you should we thank the people who help us make this yes so we've got Dean Sherwood here behind the camera we've got Joe uh, who's standing in my hallway your mum yes uh, my my mum Mother Simpson is uh, who (laughs) is the uh, person I speak to a lot about these things as well so big up my mum producer Simpson yeah Uh, (laughs) massive thank you also to Chris obviously all of his links and stuff will be on our Twitter page and wherever else on the Entel mm-hmm. website thanks to Entel we're not we're not with them today physically but we, we're hoping to be there next time <laughs> we're with them in spirit we're with them in spirit <laughs> uh, who else should we thank uh, I've got a Christmas tree thanks Thank you to, to uh, the Christmas tree to, to uh, Richmond Christmas tree farm that's a seasonal thing <laughs> yeah. but thank you very much anyone else you want to thank there was here? a little dog in here called Larry earlier who thanks made me Larry smile. thank that. you to Larry uh, um, what have we got around us and uh, no, no, I think that's it yeah that's everyone thanks <laughs> Apple for, for an iPhone uh, <laughs> I definitely wasn't wasn't given that uh, so maybe next time anyway <laughs> have a good one peace bye Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that 
Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 